Hi, everybody. I'm Cynthia Garrett, and welcome to Girl Club. I hope that you guys have had a great week, and I hope that you've been impacted by what the girls and I here at Girl Club have been really talking about and fellowshipping about and digging into and and uh, sharing about, hopefully from a place of transparency, which is what we always try to do, because I don't think that this world needs any more um, non-transparent fake leadership. I think we all need to grow. And the only way that we grow is if we get real about the issues that we struggle with and the issues that plague us and what's going on and what we're feeling from moment to moment. So God wants to be in control of our lives. He wants to be on the throne. He wants us to see the world around us and to react to the world around us from a place of godly wisdom and godly knowledge, not from a place of emotions and feelings. The only way that I have found to do that is to bring my emotions and my feelings to the foot of the cross each and every time I'm in a spiral with them or I'm feeling in a way I can't understand. And a lot of times, a lot of you will have feelings that you do understand. You know what those emotions are rooted in and you know the place they come from. And it's usually a place of brokenness or trauma or pain. So what the Lord wants to do with you even today is to help you get out of that place of brokenness and trauma and shame and live a life of victory. And so we've been speaking here on Girl Club about a spirit of rejection, you know, and what to do about it. And as we dive in, I'm going to welcome my Girl Club member and my regular sessions sidekick, co-teacher, um, co-host, and worship leader, Christina Reynolds. She's a talented singer and songwriter. And hey, sis, and I'm always hey. glad to have her. How you doing this hey, everybody. Week? I'm good. I'm really good. How are yeah. you? Good. Yeah, good. Kind of happy to be diving back into this. And I, I guess just to refresh everybody, um, rejection, as you know, is one of the most common inner wounds. And it occurs at any stage in life, at every stage in life, no matter how spiritually mature you are or aren't. Now, the more spiritually mature you are and become, the more you deal with this spirit of rejection in a different way. And it'll occur from the time you're born all through your adulthood. Rejection is one of the most neglected wounds within a person's soul. So it brings a kind of a disturbance and a heaviness on the human heart in a lot of ways. And the perfect love of Jesus is the only way to cast this out. So it's the spirit of the Lord who restores our soul and our confidence in who we are. Um, rejection is a root problem in everybody. Nobody escapes its effects. We tend to react to rejection in a lot of unhealthy ways. We change our personality in order to become accepted because this spirit of rejection might be raising its head in a number of ways, low self-esteem, a need for approval and affirmation outside of ourselves, uh, all kinds of behaviors that are just, as I said, unhealthy. Um, these changes and distortions of our true self work to destroy our lives. They work to steal our happiness and to steal our joy. This moves us further away from the new creation that Jesus wants us to be when we accept him and surrender our lives to him. And over time, we form patterns of behaviors that can become demonically fueled. Uh, so it's important to pay attention to this spirit of rejection because it's a lie from the enemy. And it's a lie that works against your life in a lot of ways. So we've been looking at how the spirit of rejection is manifested in your life, right? How you see it, how you recognize it. And we've gone through 
a number of different steps, right? So, you know, kind of to uh, summarize the seven manifestations of the spirit of rejection, number one, you feel despondent, right? There seem to be no words or encouragement that can ever be spoken over you to set you free from a feeling of rejection. You feel left out of the conversation um, as if you're an observer and you're unable to interact with others. Number three, you may feel that life's opportunities have passed you by and that it's too late for you to do anything about it. Number four, you might feel rejected if you're not recognized for your accomplishment by those in authority. Number five, you feel the spirit of envy setting in as you begin comparing your situation with others. And number six, the feeling of envy and comparison partner with rejection and tell you that you weren't given a fair chance in life. This is one of the cornerstones for victim mentality and poverty of the mind. And I talk a lot about this in my book, I Choose Victory, because you've got to make a choice for victory and you've got to stop feeling the envy of comparison, right? Because it is truly partnering with rejection against your life, truly. And number seven, you feel the need to prove yourself while at the same time feeling you can never measure up. And you can see how that would be a massive problem. Well, if any of this stuff resonates with you, then understand this. There is spiritual warfare happening in your mind, will, and emotions, period. You cannot escape that. And I need to remind you, as it says in 1 John 4, verses 3 to 4, he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. So we started talking about the ways to uh, look at the spirit of rejection as also something generational and how it's passed down in family, right? And through the family. So you may see neglect or selfishness, physical, emotional, and sexual abuse, drug use, repeated negative words and messages, right? Broken marriages and families inability to accept parental roles, you know, sort of a shirking of responsibility to be a parent. You know, it's through the generational curses that the oppressive spirits look for opportunities to attach to you and attach to your life. And we're each born with a desire to be loved. However, when we don't experience it the way God designed it, the enemy will attempt to accuse you of these circumstances in your family line. And as you get accused, you'll also play them out. Then the enemy will subtly look for opportunities for his spiritual oppression to take root in your life. So understand that this it that this all takes place in the spiritual realm. And Ephesians 6 says that we are not at war with flesh and blood, but with principalities and powers and rulers and darkness in heavenly places. So this is only dealt with by understanding that all of this stuff goes to war against our spirit, against our lives. And only we can take authority over it in the spirit and through our lives. So once you understand the strategy of the enemy and the spiritual realm, you can understand how to activate the word of God in your life, how to use the word of God to take down the enemy in your life. I want you to read James and the book of Ephesians from uh, at like starting at like verse six. Um, so you can begin to understand this Ephesians six and, um, Once you understand the strategy of the enemy and the spiritual realm, you can also be set free from the strongholds of rejection and live victoriously. Again, you might see John, the book of John. 
through the finished work of Christ, Jesus on the cross, you can become victorious in the battle against the spirit of rejection. His blood was shed for you and it still speaks on your behalf. And you need to remember that because you're not supposed to get discouraged when you recognize these things. You're supposed to praise God that you recognize them because once you recognize them, you can go to war against them. And so last week and the week before, we started talking about how to battle the spirit of rejection. So um, Christina, I know we sort of went through the first couple of uh, prayers you know, the first couple of steps, the first thing we did was pray for the revelation of God's love to show you who you are to him. Mm-hmm. And then we asked, we prayed to see others through the eyes of Christ, not out of your own expectations. And then we talked about forgiveness for those who have offended you. Yes. And I, I just kind of want to, before we dive into the other two sort of areas of prayer that you want to begin to use to engage against all of this, I just kind of thought I'd pick it up and sort of let you jump in any moat. <laughs> oh, okay, Andy moat. Well, what's what is so interesting is I have not been really wrestling with the spirit of rejection, you know, throughout this series as we've been talking about it until this past week. I think it's so interesting that once we started talking about how to actually battle against it, I just all these you know, feeling like like I can't get out of the whirlwind of comparison, feeling like I'm a failure, all of this stuff, which it really spawns from that place of rejection, you know? So I felt it very heavily this week. And I remember last week we were talking about just the first point of like asking the father, like what he feels about us, you know, as we were talking, I was like, oh yeah, of course we need to know that, but it wasn't hitting my heart until after that girl club into this last week. And I was feeling myself really having to go, and dive into that place of knowing that I'm loved like by my father. Cause I was yeah. like, what is going on? Like yeah. out of nowhere, it felt like it was out of nowhere, just an emphasis on that this week. So that's, that's what I've been experiencing. I was like, Oh, we talked about the tools. Then it was like, okay, so here's some opportunities. Like you said, yeah. it's like, don't freak out when these things happen, be thankful that you recognize it and you have tools to work against them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just sitting here, you know, listening to you and realizing that, you know, like we can tell you what the problem is, what the signs are. We can talk about it. Right. But unless you really take it to the Lord, Mm -hmm. you can't get past it because even, even you, right, Christina, and even myself, I mean, I realize like, for example, it's really difficult not to get into the spirit of comparison when you're an artist in any way, or when you're, you know, when you're doing anything that is measured by kind of worldly uh, metrics, right? Right. So, I mean, as a singer songwriter, worldly metrics would be uh, record sales, or, you know, for me as a speaker, it might be invitations to things. It might be, you know, what, what are you working on? You know, whatever it is, what are you working on? And when it's creative, you're especially vulnerable. But but, I mean, how do you, I can't think of a way to not look at others and compare myself without the Lord. Right. Oh, it's a trap. If you don't, I mean, because I know that we've talked about this often about being able to celebrate someone else's gifting because, you know, and I think it's so interesting that at the end of the day, all this comes down to identity. If we would just know who we are as individuals, as unique and like 
yeah, just unique set apart individuals, then there's, you can't compare an apple to a banana. They're just different. You know what I mean? And they're both amazing, but they're different. And it would be foolish for me to try to be something that I'm not or compare myself to something that I've not been given the gifting to do, or I've don't even want to do, you know? So I don't know where, why we're so drawn to basing our value upon the person next to, I really don't know why. Yeah. You know, maybe because in this world, it's all that we really have to measure ourselves by, at at least in this world, you know, in secular Mm -hmm. metrics, we, we look at the things around us and that's a measuring stick. And I think the biggest lesson here is that we can no longer measure ourselves by the standards of the world. We have mm-hmm. to measure ourselves in terms of the kingdom, because if we serve a God who goes after the one, then our value needs to be in every moment looking to reach the one, mm. to go after the one. And <clears throat> that's that's tough when you do something that is an offering to the all, mm-hmm. you know, like you 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 make an album, right? Or you do yeah. a TV show. And it's presented to everybody, right. but you got to present it to everybody with the mindset that if it only reaches one, it was worth it all. That's truly being like Christ, mm-hmm. like because he died for everybody. He presents the gift of his life and his love and his death on the cross and his saving grace to, to all of us. But not many of us choose him. Right. But it's I, it's also because I like like as you're talking I'm like it's because we don't value one, like like when we value the metric system, you know what I mean? We value numbers, and it's like, right. and that's actually one of the things that we talked about last week as a tool is asking the Lord His perspective on someone. It's yeah. like when you get an understanding, you get a peek into like who is Cynthia Garrett really? Oh my gosh, and we get blown away by like the person who's sitting on the street, the homeless man or your next door neighbor, whoever, the girl at the cash register, and you see like the image of God in that person, then you're like, you are worth it. If this just reaches, if this changes the life of two people and they get to know God for all eternity, then it's worth it. Like, I think that's why I love that we're talking about the tools now because it isn't just re- it isn't just battling rejection, but it's also us stepping into who we are created to be as children of God. You know, and his like his witnesses on the earth. It's so much more than me. It's like I just I just had a total God drop while you were talking, you know, because you you are a person who values the one. And so am I. And I just had a real big realization here. It's not that you don't value the one because you do. It's that everyone around us values the numbers. And the, mm-hmm. and the metrics. And I think that's the problem for all Christians today is that while in our heart, I mean, you know, look, they'll know we are Christians by our love. I think in our heart, when we accept Christ, we, we've, we encounter a great and a deep love and we begin to value the one and the person next to us and, and, and in ways we never have before. We, we, we actively try to love, mm-hmm. right? right? But nothing around us in the world that we live in is like that. And mm-hmm. everything around us is then looking at you going, um, how many numbers do you have? How many, how many of this have you sold? Well, how, how, who's watching, you know, who's, right. 
who's commenting, who's doing what, you know, who's a follower, right? Who's a friend. And it's interesting because the battle then as a believer, or at least the battle for me is to know that a thousand of them are wrong and maybe I'm the only one who is right. I'm the only mm-hmm. one who may be battling the one in a world that values the, the you know, you got to reach the masses. You got to speak to the masses. You have to be liked by the masses. You have to be affirmed by the masses. It's all about everything outside of yourself. And you will, a lot of times, I think, be the only one who knows that your value might only be between you and the Lord and the one person you may have spoken to on that day. Right. So it's like you're constantly being beaten. You're constantly battling. Right. Well, I mean, we are, I think that's uh, another thing this week or actually this past month, because, you know, we also talked about demonic oppression and, and just like, I, I was, I've been listening to this podcast and, and they're talking about like, there's just one phrase that this guy said. And he was like, every decision you make, you're either becoming more like God or you're becoming more like the devil. There is no coasting. There is no like, you know, I'm just going to sit here and whatever. Like, like you're either growing towards mm-hmm. God or you're growing away from him. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then just, it just kind of like shot me back to reality. The fact that we are in a battle and there's so much more going on than what we can see. I feel like in the Western world, we have pushed spirituality out the door and you can see it now that like the younger generation is really longing for something more. They're longing for, you know, and they're trying to find God or a form of God through like Eastern mysticism or meditation or whatever you want to call it. But like in all reality, like there is a spiritual world that is just as real as our natural world and we're living in it. And there's a war going on for souls, for two different kingdoms. Do you know what I'm saying? Like we live in like the most epic story in all history, but somehow we are completely unaware of it. And we chalk it up to, I'm just having a bad day. I'm really depressed today. And it's like, yeah. dude, we are in a battle. Yeah. You yeah. have to fight. Yeah. And we have to fight. We have to fight. And it's so interesting. You know, uh, I, I was at a Michael W. Smith concert the other night and uh, he, he was singing, this is how I fight my battles. You know, that I can't even, I don't even know if that's the name of the song. I just know that that, Lyric, mm-hmm. you know, just it, it, it it's it because yeah. I always fight my battles in worship, you yeah. know, and who do I worship? I worship the Lord. And it's like, I listen to that and I realize, you know, that God, and I do, I do think, and I would like for our voice to be kind of a rallying cry today for believers like all over the world to start to stand up for who and what we are. Because I do believe that the only way we will win today is to fight. And Mm -hmm. people attach a lot of things to the word fight, right? Right. But I do think that that worship and anything that builds you up in your inner man and fighting for that is this is a it, you've got to go after it all out. It's yeah. a massive act of warfare against the enemy. Yeah, you know, and it's powerful. It's, yeah, and I think that's why it's like it's it's uh this the fact that we're in a war to me maybe because I I have a very warrior spirit. Like I'm very like yeah let's yeah, go too. let's like let's destroy the enemy. 
like it excites me because like I feel over this past year and as the Lord's been like opening my eyes to these things, I feel like Christianity isn't boring. I don't, I'm not just required to do the right thing and go to church on Sunday and go to my small group and just live my life. Like we are living in a really, like really exciting times, you know? And I think like, like you said, like our weapons of warfare, our worship, their prayer, they're like making decisions for righteousness. Like that is violence against the enemy. It, 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 you know, yes. And like, what if you, if you're called to like, you know, going, you know, uh, fighting for legislation or this or that, like that's on you. But like, we are all called as believers to worship and pray and, and choose righteousness and holiness, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I realize, you know, I, I mean, I, I, I sort of my invitation into speaking into political issues in the last, I guess, year and a half or two has really taught me that, you know, I'm not speaking, I'm a conservative, right? I'm not speaking to conservatives to make converts, make more conservatives. I'm speaking to conservatives and liberals to make Christians because I believe that that's our bigger fight. I mean, this is, you know, when I think of this is how I fight my battle, it's like, well, that's teeny. I'm I'm going for the, I'm going for kingdom changes. Right. Right. And I know you, I know you get this because I know you're the same way. And it's like, once we make believers, you know, God can do the rest and, and, you know, believers who are discipled, believers who want to grow. I mean, I think that anybody who tunes in regularly to watch this, 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 this program is obviously, you know, a woman who is looking for some sort of authenticity in her life, who's looking to fellowship about her issues and looking to figure out how to apply the word of God to it. And, and that that's why I always say about the, the sessions, like, I don't believe the world needs another talk show. It needs a walk show. We need to all be learning to walk out our lives with the faith in Christ that we profess to have. Because if we were walking out our lives powerfully with the faith in Christ that we profess to have, the world around us would look different and our nation would look different. And because it looks like it does, I look at it going, this is not a nation that is fully surrendered to Christ on the throne. And I don't care how many politicians, you know, or president, our current president, who calls himself a Catholic. And I mean, I grew up in the Catholic church, you know, uh, before I got saved. And even in the Catholic church, I mean, who's condoning? Like, you can't just live a lifestyle of sin and condone it. You can't just make policies that are sinful and think that they're condoned by God. They're not. You know, God doesn't condone sin. He doesn't condone us co-signing sin. He doesn't condone us living in a lifestyle of sin or accepting sinful lifestyles. He wants us to love the sinner and hate the sin, but we also have to speak up and remind people when, especially if they ask us, you know, what the sin is. And and I think far too often we just, you know, I see leaders just going along with the agenda, Mm. you know, whatever their party agenda is. And what about God's agenda? You know, um, I want to dive in to the third area of prayer, guys. Uh, so we prayed in the beginning uh, the, through uh, for revelation of God's love to show you who you are to him, right? And to remind you that there's nothing you can do to earn his love. And if you're a parent, you know that when you 
first held your child, you didn't give your child a laundry list of expectations in order for them to earn your love. The minute that your child was born, you were in love. So you got to allow that love from your heavenly father to enter your heart. And then we prayed to see others through the eyes of Christ and not out of our own expectations, because I know that, you know, a lot of times, I mean, I expect others to be bigger, better, more spiritual, more mature. And when they're not, I'm seeing them through my eyes, not through the eyes of Christ. And the eyes of Christ are a lot more merciful and forgiving than my eyes are, you know, um, like it's often the joke, you know, that I tell Christian and Roger, um, Christina, you know, okay, when I die on my tombstone, I want it to say, here lies mom. She told you so. And she didn't suffer fools. <laughs> and, you know, and I realized like, I might have to amend that because in all honesty, Jesus suffers fools every day. Me first, you know? So, you know, praying to see others through the eyes of Christ and not out of our own expectations is important. And that doesn't mean that you cut you you cut them loose or you don't make them, you know, accountable for things, right. but it just means you try to see them and hold them to a level accountable before Christ. Um, and then today, and we spoke about forgiveness. So right now I want to dive into the third one. And the third one is that we need to pray that conviction I'm sorry, the fourth one is that we need to pray that conviction will alert us to negative words that are coming out of our own mouth and holding us in bondage. And then we're going to repent for any word curses that you, you've spoken over yourself or over others in the past. And we're going to break those word curses. And this is really an important one. Okay. So um, if you guys would just kind of stop right now and just get in a place before the Lord where you can hear, you know, and Lord, in Jesus' name, I just want to pray for conviction right now to show me right now and going forward what negative words have been coming out of my own mouth, what negative words have been coming out of your mouth, out of your sister's mouth. Show us right now, Lord. What's holding us in bondage? Those negative words are holding us in bondage. Show us what they are. And Lord, I just want to take a moment with all my sisters watching to repent now of any word curses that we've spoken over ourselves or over others in the past. And in Jesus' name, I break those word curses, those things I said to my child, perhaps, that may have labeled him in a way, that may have cursed him in a way, that may have lined up with a covenant that the enemy has to mess up my own child's life. And Lord, I break those curses I've spoken over myself, covenanting with the enemy, saying, I can't. I can't do this. I can't achieve that. Oh, I never get a break. Oh, it's too late. Oh, I don't know if there's enough time anymore for me in my life to achieve X, Y, and Z. Lord, we break those word curses that we've spoken over ourselves and our own lives right now in Jesus' name. Lord, I ask that you would break the curses that are holding my sisters in bondage. In Jesus' name, Lord, I ask that you would break all of this now. 
And I ask that you would help us to live differently, to speak positive words over our life. No, this isn't the power of positivity. It's not some weird religion. It's you, Lord Jesus, and what you say about us. Help us to speak scripture over our lives, our circumstances, and our situations. And Lord, in fact, all week until we gather together again next week, I ask that every time a negative thought, a spirit of rejection, a mocking enemy, something that laughs at us when we're trying to do something, I ask that every time something like that occurs, you'll give us the scripture to speak to it. In Jesus' name. Wow. Did you get anything, Christina, that is holding you in bondage that you needed to get broken? I know I did. I actually felt it more when you're like, forgive me for anything that I've like maybe said over my children. Yeah. You know, and it's not even like, and and it isn't even just like very overt, like, oh, you're dumb. I would like, I would never say that. But just the, the little annoyances where I'm like, oh, you messed up. I don't say it, but it's like in my mind first that, you know, so I kind of felt that like, oh, holding my kids to like standards that are, you know, you're a kid. You can't hit that standard. Why am I holding you to that? Like, you know, which is felt. And I know that like it even reminds me of when, when, okay, so recently I went through an inner healing session. This is the craziest thing. I've never done this before. But they kind of prayed, I prayed through conception all the way to birth of when I was in the womb. And I didn't even know this was possible, but I realized that my, I had somehow been affected by my mom's emotions. This sounds really crazy, but it's legitimate. No. I was bawling. Of, there was just a spirit of rejection of like, I don't, not that she didn't want me, but there was a time where there's a lot of frustration and a lot of like, you know, it was insane. Anyway, so I, I actually went through that and I went through healing and all of that and forgave and repented and all that stuff. And then I realized for myself when I was pregnant with my daughter that I had similar, not that I didn't want her, but that I, I was like, oh, there's things that I want to get done, but now I'm pregnant. But there's so many things that I have to get done. Like there's these goals, there's these projects, there's these achievements, blah, blah, blah. I'm just being really vulnerable here because I feel so bad about this. And, and, you know, when she was up until she was about three years old, she didn't want to be held. She actually exhibited a lot of that rejection. I realize now later because she's not like that all anymore. It like got broken right around like two and a half, three years old. She wouldn't snuggle. She just was very independent and just like as a baby as an infant and I had to like really repent of that and I was just like talking to my husband I was like babe I screwed her up like you know and that wasn't even spoken it was like my own emotions and my own mind you know so it's not even just something that you would say like shut up you're stupid or like but it was just a feeling that I was feeling and I had to really repent of that and praise God that he's so kind and merciful and like she's 100% different. She's the most loving, most joyful, most loves me. Like our connection is so strong. Yeah. I just can't believe that. So, I mean, I don't know that. I think that's that's kind of, it's mind blowing that our own rejection doesn't just affect us. 
it can mm-hmm. massively affect the people that we love the most. And that's what makes me go, I have to fight this even harder. Yeah. You know? Wow. That's mind blowing because, you know, I'm listening to what you're saying and, you know, thinking about what we just prayed. And it's like the Holy Spirit was showing me how even today I do, I do, I hold my son to this standard of perfection. That's actually, it's, it's all about me. Mm. It's in It's not, it's not human. You know, he's, he's 28 and he's a great kid. And, but I'm constantly worried. What's he doing? Who's he, what's he doing? Who are these people around him? Who are they? Because now that he's 28, I don't, okay, let's be real. I don't control the friends around him anymore. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not editing them on a daily basis. I I can't. He's a grown man now. And he's a grown man who loves Jesus. But I am so, honestly, I think I'm so aware of of the sinful choices that I was making at 28 that I just assume that he's got to be making them. And, and if he's not making them, I'm so afraid that someone around him is or might expose him to something. Or And it's almost like I'm forgetting the strong young man that he is and that he's always made his own choices. to, And they've always been, for the most part, to do the right thing. And, you know, and I'm not having the grace for him, probably mm-hmm. that I should. You know, I think about the grace I need God to have for me. And you're, it's so, you're right, Christina. It's like, I don't say this stuff. A lot of times it's just in my own mind. And I mean, it really has me sitting here wondering, you know, I know, you know, like James, the book of James talks about how the power of life and death are in the tongue. And I know that we can speak curses over our lives. I know that, I know that other words have been put on me that I've had to break in, in my own life and not live my life according to kind of someone else's words, even if they were well-meaning, right? Mm-hmm. But like, I wonder, you know, and I, I I, do believe we can make a covenant with the enemy in our mind. Oh, totally. Like, uh, I think it was, I don't know, someone, there's this quote, I'm totally going to butcher it, but it really opened up my eyes. It was, it was saying like, fear are like the silent prayers that you make. I, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's, if I said it right, but it's basically like, because what you fear is what comes into your mind. And what you constantly think about. And and now this is like a secular thing where people, this whole thing about manifesting, manifesting, where you think about something and you manifest it into real life. But that is actually like an actual, like that's something that happens in nature. What you think about is what you become, which is why we want to like set the Lord before us. We want to think about his word, all this stuff, because what we focus on, what you scroll and what you look at on Instagram, if you're looking at big booty models and you're like, that's what you think that you're going to look that you need to look like, like what you consume your mind with is what becomes your reality. Totally. So you, you don't even have to say it. Yeah. You know what totally. I mean? Totally. Totally. My niece is with us summer and we were talking about this the other day. She's 21 and she said, you know, it's crazy. She goes, because if I, if I listen, you know, to, I don't know, a secular song, rap song, whatever, anything that's not, you know, I don't know, a sermon or worship music or something. She's saying, she goes, it's, I'll sit down to pray. And that song is coming to me or that thing is coming to me and not the stillness that I want to have before the Lord. And it is true. What we season our mind with Mm. and our eyes with sets the stage 
you know, in a lot of ways for the rest of our, our life and our day and how we come before the Lord. And it's like when we open those portals, man. Right. Right. Oh my gosh. Your eye gate, your eye gate is so important. And we are, and I love that we're in this whole, like, we're talking about battle. You know what I'm saying? And you think of like those big gates in front of a city, like that, if, if, if the enemy can tear down those gates then they're in and you're, you've lost, you know what I'm saying? You watch all these movies where they're defending that one gate and it's our eyes. It's so dangerous. It really is so dangerous. Like it's crazy to me that an image can burn itself onto your mind and it will take so long, so much of the washing of the word to just completely remove it. There's things that I've watched when I was younger that I still am like, 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 like the feeling of disgust has been gone. Thank you. Thank God by the power of the blood, but they're still there. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's powerful what we yeah. look at. Oh yeah, it is. And you do the, the, the repentance, you know, you guys, and I know you've probably heard this before for those of you watching, um, repentance means to stop and turn away, go the other way, right? So when we prayed to that, you know, that we repent of these word curses that we've spoken over our own life or over someone else's life, our children, you know, a, a parent, a sibling, whatever, a friend, a, a colleague at work, what, whatever it is, uh, that's powerful. Because what it, what it means is you just stop stop right now today, you know, go the other way, start to speak words of life over yourself and over those around you, especially your children. And what I'm trying to do, Christine, and I'm not always successful, but I'm trying to, when I feel some kind of way to not, to not say anything, you know, don't let it come out of my mouth. But now, you know, based on what we're talking about, I'm realizing like it's it's not just to not say anything, you know, and to go away and not let it come out of your mouth. It's also to start to fill your head right. with something different, you right. know, and to reject it even in your mind. I reject these thoughts that are coming to me in right. Jesus' name, you know. I reject thinking that my son's going to make poor choices because he's not that kid. He makes great choices because God, he belongs to you, mm-hmm. you know. Right. And it's fear. It's all fear-based. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even those indicators, like I, (laughs) the indicators that you've been going over for the last, you know, few weeks, I thought maybe like three of them, three of those popped up in my head this week. And I had to stop and be like, no, I'm not going to feed that. That is not true. And I reject it. I'm not a failure. It's not too late for me. I'm not too old. You know, all of those things that I'm like, what, like, shut up. Yeah. Like, like all, all he can do is yap in our ears. Right. And like, we have to shut right. him up because we have power to, you know? Right. right. I, I love um, this comment that just came in um, from the power of a virtuous woman. I know you've made some great comments today. This is great. Proverbs twenty five twenty eight. Um, a man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. Christina, mm-hmm. when you were speaking, this first came to my mind to share with you guys. That's powerful because, you know, this wow. really is a lot of this really is about self-control. Right. Yeah. You know, it it's like we get to give in to the thoughts in our mind or not. All right. Which means we're in control. 
Right. So we get to partner with the enemy and co-sign with the enemy, or we get to repent, stop, turn, go the other way and partner with the Lord and, and co-sign and covenant with the Lord. Right. Which is very hard because, you know, I think there's a verse that says the heart is deceitful above. Is it? I'm, I'm butchering it. Is the heart deceitful above all things? I don't know. It may not be that intense. Yeah, the, heart the heart is, is deceitful. deceitfully wicked and who can know it? Right. Okay. Because I, I think of this, you know, we live in this in this age where it's like, do what you feel. Let let your heart lead you. You know, and a lot of the times what they're talking about is like your emotions in the moment. You know, and I'm thinking like 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 that verse is combating that. It's like we to reign over your emotions, not to be not just to react to every little movement that your heart makes. I'm angry. I'm happy. I'm sad. I'm hangry. I'm excited. Now I'm depressed. I have hope. I don't have hope. I mean, like if we were to live like that, like we literally would like what that verse says, no walls completely open for the enemy to just attack at any given moment. Right. And that is exactly how this world wants people to live. It's only way it knows how to live. That that, 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 I feel this way. I felt, I mean, it's like a, a friend of mine who said, well, I was angry. I felt mad at you. So, and I was like, so you made up lies, attacked me and maligned me, my character and slandered me because you were angry. And yeah. And I'm sorry. That's what children do. Right. 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 Which we are called to be children of God, but we're also called to love. But not when you're a 67 year old man, like it was just like, Oh my gosh, that's exactly it, Christina. That's what children do. And we're not supposed to live like children. Yeah, it's 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 interesting because we are called to be children in a sense, but we're also called to mature and be perfected in the love of God. Right. Which right. It it changes it, right. you know. which which then again, you know, gotta love others through the eyes of Christ not out of my own expectations, right? because what would Jesus expect from even a 65 year old man who doesn't know him? Right. Right. He would expect him to live out of his emotions and to act like a child and to not know. Which isn't that crazy because now you're the one who's getting hurt, but you're called to live. Um, you're, you're called to take the low road even though you're the one that's getting hurt. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. It's the upside down kingdom. It really is. So it, is. It, is. <laughs> it is. Exactly. And I think honestly, because we know that's crazy, that's my, that might be why at least I struggle with it so much. Maybe you feel the same way. Cause it is kind of like, I'm sitting there going, okay, you know what, God, now look, now you, you and I both know I'm right. <laughs> this is a no brainer. <laughs> this is a no brainer. He's wrong. Why do I have to turn around and carry this load? And it's all, you're right. It's the upside down kingdom because it's like Jesus looking at me going, right. Yet yesterday I turned around and carried your load. (laughs) And I'm like, my load is not as heavy as his load. (laughs) And you know, and then there's Jesus going, yes, but it was a load. Yeah. And and by the way, there's a bit of that load you don't even recognize yet. Wait till I give you that revelation. Right. Oh. I, know. I tell you, I've just been repenting left and right. I just, I just kind of figure I'm actually probably wrong all the time yeah. <laughs> in some way, shape or form. So I'm just going to say, sorry. Yeah. Mm. 
Oh, I love this. I love this. Power of a Virtuous Woman goes on to say, yes, when I think of that verse, I think of the city of Jericho, how without walls they were left so vulnerable on all sides for an ambush from the enemy. Enemy, get back, get our walls back up. Yeah. 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 Our walls are Christ. Now, those are the right kind of walls. Christ-like walls. Right. 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 A fortified city. What are we fortified in? You know, we're fortified in the word of God. And then mm-hmm. our whole temple is protected when we put yeah. on the armor of God, you know, right. which goes all the way back to what I said at the beginning of, of, of today's, uh, you know, session. Uh, we're, it's spiritual warfare. Yeah. You know? Please know Ephesians. Please know Ephesians. You know, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities and the rulers of this dark age. Right. Mm-hmm. I paraphrased it, but you know it. Um, I got to ask you a question and it, it's sort of in, it's rooted in our last prayer um, or in sort of the fifth area that we should be praying, you know, uh, through if we recognize any of these symptoms. So um, what judgment do you think you have that's causing you to be judged? And this is in Matthew seven, verse two, <clears throat> what judgment? Do you think you have that's causing you to be judged? Because what we need to do is pray to release all judgment that is causing us to be judged. Because right now you're in a battle, right? But you're important to God and you don't want to let past defeats cause you to quit. And as you seek God first, he's going to direct your steps to further counsel and deliverance. So this is a deep one, you know? Yeah, this takes a lot of like contemplation. Yeah, with the Holy Spirit as well. Well, let let let's let's stop for a minute. You know, let's stop and ask the Lord. You know, for all of you, I just want you to take a minute. You know, let's let's kind of settle ourselves before the cross. And Father, in Jesus' name, we just ask you to speak to us through your Holy Spirit. What judgments do we need to release that are in some way causing us to be judged? Mm. I just got a big, I just got a big one. I just got a big one. You share yours first. (laughs) Wow. The Lord said, the Lord said, stop partnering with negativity over your life and your circumstances, like constantly thinking it's not going to work out. Stop, mm. stop constantly partnering with that, whatever that mm. it is. Yeah. And I do, oh. I partner, I partner with, oh my God, with fear that, you know, I'm a cancer survivor and Roger's a cancer survivor now. So I partner with a lot of fear that, um, well, my husband's going to get sick again, or I'm going to get sick or, oh, everything's going great. Oh no. When's the other shoe going to drop? You know, I partner mm-hmm. with a lot of that um, silently in my mind. And yeah. so I repent of that now in Jesus name. And I ask your forgiveness, Lord. And wow. Uh, what do you get? Okay. So I have you have, I don't know if any of you watching have watched the chosen. It's like a series about Jesus's life. And it's like, the biggest series on Jesus' life right now. You should watch it to me. It's so amazing. Okay. Anyways, um, but there's one 
there's actually one episode where where Mary Magdalene, you know, gets triggered and she kind of falls back into sin or whatever after being with, you know, after following being a disciple of Jesus. And it created an uproar. I have to give you some backstory to this. It created an uproar to where like a lot of people were like, so what Jesus isn't enough. Like they were commenting and being like, how could you say that Mary Magdalene would, would, you know, kind of like go back and struggle. And of course, like people like me are like, are you crazy to think that a Christian isn't going to struggle? Like you are out of your mind. Like, I'm struggle human. free. I'm struggle so free. I'm like, I'm like, what they portrayed that she struggled with is what I did last month. Last month. <laughs> like what, where's the struggle? Right. So I'm sitting, I realized today oh, that I'm sitting here getting angry about the people who are getting angry about people being portrayed as sinning. And I'm over here holding my own judgment against the church for sinning in other ways. And I'm like, how dare you do that? I'm doing the same thing. And like, of course there's more to this story that I will not and cannot share. But so in me, I'm justified in it, but I'm like, I am acting just like the people who are like, they would never fall. How dare you like portray that? I'm going, how dare you fall? Not allowing the grace of God. And I feel, I do feel like that's holding me back. And I feel like I've been trying to release this thing, but it's just deep. It's deep. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I don't, I mean, I'm like, literally like, what are we supposed to do to get through a day? <laughs> like, what, like, you just, I mean, literally it's like, and for, for any of you watching, I mean, I have, you know, made a choice to go back to, um, literally scripture every day, all day, you know, where I'll just put post-it notes everywhere or, uh, I mean, literally fill my mind with scripture because, and, and it, it's like almost like input into a computer. Mm. I don't want to make this sound like it's robotic, but there is a part of me, I think that needs a robotic infilling from time to time. And I really right. think that will help you where it's just, that's it. I'm not inputting anything except for what the word of God says. And then yeah. you just, that's it. you walk around like, so you're reading all these people getting angry and you just go to judge, not lest you be judged. You know, mm -hmm. it's like almost getting to that place, Christina, right. where it's just like, just scripture. I'm just going to give it scripture. I don't right. have anything about this. It's just going to be scripture. It's just going to be right. scripture. I'm not buying right. into the feelings about this. I'm not going to go into this anger. I'm not, but it is, Right. Which is not second nature. It doesn't feel natural. And that's why all of this takes, it takes relationship with the Lord. And I think that's why he's like, he doesn't go, Oh, Christina, you're doing the same thing. He just kind of chuckles to himself. And look right now he like brings it up. Oh honey, you're doing the same thing. So like, I, I don't want anyone to leave this, you know, this today's session being like, Oh, I just need, here's my prescription. This is what I need to do. Cause it is, is more than that. It's a relationship. And if you don't do it in partnership with him, then it, it won't work. It's futile without him, without the breath of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. It, it just doesn't work, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree. Well, I, look, I think on that note, let's let's pray to release. Let's pray to release it all. Um, and let's kind of, you know, we're, we're coming down to the end for today. So I just want to make sure that we close us out in prayer um, over all of this. So uh, if you just bow your heads, and Lord, I just, I've prayed a lot in today's session because 
we're talking about the ways that we fight our battle against the spirit of rejection and all of the unhealthy behaviors that it causes us in our life. And the only way that we can do that is in prayer. Um, the only way we get revelation of the depth of these things and the hold these things have is through revelation from your Holy Spirit in prayer. We can get it in a lot of other ways, but I find that this is the deepest place before you where I really can see things and hear things and understand things. So Lord, all of the negative partnerships and covenants that we've made with the spirit of rejection, which works with the spirit of fear and a mocking enemy and low self-esteem and sadness and depression and defeatist attitudes about ourselves and our lives and the things we want to do, all of it, Lord, we reject now in Jesus' name. We give it all to you, Father, and we give ourselves to you and we repent of anything that has been causing us to be judged because we're in essence judging ourselves and convicting ourselves to failure, to living with a victim mentality. <laughs> right now today in Jesus' name, I want each and every one of you to say, I choose victory. I will no longer live as a victim. I will no longer choose to live my life feeling rejected by everything and everybody because I am loved by God. I am blessed by my father in heaven. He is on the throne in my life and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. In Jesus name, I ask Lord that you break this spirit of rejection off of me, off of Christina, off of Anna, and off of everybody watching or listening or who will take time to watch this series of Girl Club teaching on this horrible, destructive enemy that wants to just tear down every single believer around the world. And we love and thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. That's where it's at, though. Like, I feel so at peace now. Yeah. And I think that's the great thing. It's It feels overwhelming in the moment. But once you just bring the Lord into it, it's like we do our one little part by going to him and he does the rest, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. Well, Christina, I love I love taking this journey with you because I, I know that you get so much of you know, the things that we struggle with and blah, blah, blah. And, um, you know, I just want to kind of read a couple of these comments that have come in as we close up. Um, the Lord revealed to me to stop judging people by how I think they should do things. I'm judging them by my own expectations. And then when it happens to me, I play the victim mentality. Yep. But I choose victory, right? You choose victory too. Um <laughs> This next comment, what set me free was thanking God for all the abuse and suffering I have been through because it brought me close to him. If I had been safe and comfortable all my life, I would not know Christ. That is the truth. That is the truth. Woo, that's a mic drop from you, Bex J. I don't know who you are, but I hate to say that honestly, if I'd been comfortable my whole life, I'm not so sure that I'd know Christ at all either. Well, I, you wouldn't need him. Right. Right. 
I would think that by my own strength and my own power, I had it all together. You know? Right. So Illusion. Um, I feel like I can breathe again. Ah, uh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Cynthia, and thank you, Christina. You two are amazing and are shining lights. Keep shining. Thank you for that. Thanks, sis. Thank you. Yeah. Well, we'll try. We'll try. Well, Christina, I think it's peace out time, man. Yep. That was good. <laughs> yeah, that was good. That was good. Um, I love all of you guys. For those of you watching, um, you know where to check out Christina. Her socials have been on screen throughout. And for any questions you have, emails you want to send in, um, actually, there were some emails I wanted to get to today. So, you know, maybe we'll run through them next week as we begin something new. But um, yeah, send us your thoughts and questions uh, to hello at CynthiaGarrett.org. You can find all things um, even about our new sessions, which we'll be filming some new sessions for our new season soon. You can find dates, um, check your emails for an email from us about joining our live virtual audience here, even this week. Um, and also CynthiaGarrett.org. Uh, you can find all things pertaining and relevant to Cynthia Garrett Ministries and to Girl Club and what have you. And man, I'm just grateful for you guys, you know, and um, if you would also um, support and check out, you know, our faith meet politics. You know, I've been, I've been speaking into the atmosphere, um, a political atmosphere and trying to deal with issues from a place in my heart of what Jesus would think and do. And, um, I'm not always successful because sometimes, you know, it just ticks me off to see such unrighteousness in our world. Um, you know, and God's teaching me how to speak to it in a way that makes him happy. So um, I appreciate your support and encouragement there as well. Um, that's it. You've been a part of another Girl Club. I'm Cynthia Garrett with Christina Reynolds. We'll see y'all next week. Bye. <laughs>tired of parenting advice and news headlines that are more confusing than assembling Ikea furniture, we've got just the podcast for you. My dear friend, Abby, and I are here to help you navigate the parenting roller coaster. Should your kids be on social media? What should you tell a friend facing an unplanned pregnancy? These are just some of the many questions we tackle on our podcast. Subscribe to The Real Deal of Parenting wherever you find your podcast.